You are listening to Las Culturas del Sur de Ohio, a podcast of Southern Ohio Folklife. Episode 3, Envisioning the Future of Latine Southern Ohio. In the last episode of Las Culturas del Sur de Ohio, we learned about the role of family, faith, and community networks. In this episode, we listen as our narrators talk about their hopes and dreams for the future of Southern Ohio communities. Pablo, Hector, Edwin, and JD discuss their visions for a more inclusive, integrated Southern Ohio that focuses on holistic and complex understandings of community, not to mention diverse representations of Latine identity. Our four narrators also grapple with capacity building and accessibility in areas such as bilingual services, pathways to citizenship, and diverse cultural representations, noting them as essential to long-term goals of integration. Pablo, for example, observes that people with Latin American heritage in Southern Ohio are often depicted in narrow, predefined ways, primarily as laborers, which impacts broader visibility of Latine life in our region. In the following segment in Spanish, he notes how seeing an individual in only one role, as a dishwasher, teacher, or restaurant owner, is a limited way to understand someone. Instead, Pablo would like Latine residents to be understood and treated holistically as full beings with complex lives. A mí me gustaría que no sé cuán lejos estemos, pero me gustaría que se considere al habitante latino de este lugar íntegramente, más que solamente un trabajador, una persona que parece que existiera ocho horas diarias, ¿no? Y de allí desaparece y vuelve a aparecer, ¿no? Porque cumple un fin. Un ser humano asociado a un fin, dependiente de un fin, sea lavar un plato, dar una clase, cortar madera, ¿no? Supeditado, en fin, es, es una manera un poco limitada de comprender, ¿no? Y, y yo he um, experimentado la generosidad de muchas perso personas aquí, impensada, digamos, ¿no? Openly and proudly practicing one's cultural traditions, as Edwin discusses, is an important way for people to maintain their identity and sense of community, especially when they're in new environments. Food, music, and celebrations, for instance, are among some of the ways that people express who they are. So uh, besides the, having the quinceañera for my daughter, so, um, you know, my daughter is um, half Puerto Rican and half uh, white. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way, the, the things that we do to help try to, to try to help keep that culture alive um, is uh, mostly um, like, uh, is mostly with food. Being able to see one's cultural traditions represented in affirming ways in the broader public, such as at a local festival or an educational curricula, goes a long way to create a welcoming environment for minoritized groups. And I think, um, you know, I say this a lot, but like when you're trying to get people engaged in, in what you're doing, um, food and music are like the key items um, to get people like focused. Um, you know, everybody loves to eat and everybody loves music. There isn't anything um, out here that's uh, that's really pushing 
um, for uh, for the Latin community, which you know turns out to be uh, a lot bigger than what I was anticipating. Thinking holistically about Latina communities also entails understanding that terms like Latine, Hispanic, Latino, and Latinx are abstract concepts used in the United States to describe a group of people with diverse nationalities, racial and cultural heritages, politics, and languages, including those who are bilingual and monolingual in Spanish, French, English, and indigenous languages, and also speak numerous dialects. So even though we are, um, we may look the same, um, we may have the same skin tone, and we may speak Spanish, uh, but um, we're not the same. Um, and we are, uh, there are different cultures, and we don't speak the same Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... Um, it's difficult for me sometimes speaking to a Mexican um, in Spanish because uh, there's words that Puerto Ricans use that, um, you know, Mexicans don't <laughs> and, and vice versa. And so when when speaking about um, Spanish speaking people um, or Hispanics, um, having that level of understanding that there are different cultures um, and we're not the same, um, we're not the same people. Uh, we are different. We we have different heritages. Uh, we have different um, we have different backgrounds. We have uh, everything about us is different. Um, where we come from is different. As JD and Hector discussed in previous episodes, language access is another important factor for being able to live a full public life. And to date, there aren't as many resources for English language learners in Southern Ohio as there are in other parts of the country. It's easy to forget how challenging it is to be in a space where people don't speak your primary language, where a lack of translators can make a simple trip to the store or the doctor challenging or even intimidating. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the things that, that uh, would be helpful is programs that would have that. Again, um, they're, it's limited on how many people you have that can speak both, you know, that are bilingual that are able to be at those facilities, or even if it was, I don't know, a, uh, maybe, a, I don't know if it was a, an automated to where you could call. I know some people are, are going that way, where, you know, if you go somewhere and you don't speak the language, I mean, the, the attendant can call somewhere, call somebody and they have somebody on the line that can translate, you know, back and forth for you. They're putting a lot, I think, more and more emphasis, and I think JD has driven this um, for them on, uh, you know, a lot of the families that are coming in that don't have, uh, you know, the the ability to to speak English. And I think that that there, a lot more schools are noticing and are using the ESC for those type of uh, programs and helps, which is, I think, is, is, is great for those uh, families that come and their kids, you know, don't know any English and the parents don't know any English. JD also considers how to collaborate with businesses to bring the services he's able to provide to Latina residents into their workplaces, making language learning more convenient. We've been brainstorming that there's some funds available in our adult program that if, if a bit, one of our businesses probably employs 20 Latinos, 
that if they wanted to do an hour class every day, we have funding that we could put somebody there. So it'd be on the work time if they felt it was important enough for their employees to have an English um, understanding. Um, we could pay somebody to be doing those classes. Um, one of our restaurants is probably employs maybe 10. I think it would be worthwhile there. So that's something that I've not got off the ground and running yet, but that's something that you know we're, we've had some conversations about, which I think would be um, really powerful. In addition to language access, pathways to citizenship are another area of accessibility that needs our attention. Hector points out that being able to obtain work visas and to begin the process of gaining citizenship more feasibly and affordably are important to Latina residents who come to the U.S. from other countries. They want to be able to get their paperwork processed to get to that point. Um, a lot of them, they either don't, have, don't know who to go to, where to access, you know, uh, information. But I, I, I think that that's a lot of them, you know, are just wanting to be able to, you know, if I can just get either uh, a visa or a work permit or, you know, a passport or something that I can, I can not be afraid of, hey, look, you know, I, I got here the only way I knew how to get here. And, you know, I'm just trying to work to, you know, uh, support my family. Whether right or wrong, you know, I'm doing what I know, what, what I, I'm doing all I know I can do. You know, if, if there was um, either a mobile organization that would come, and I don't know if, the, if there is one now that comes down and has like a uh, immigration workshop or something for Latinos to maybe, hey, look, you know, what's the, how do I start? You know, how do I begin to, you know, uh, start my pathway to citizenship or my pathway to a visa or a work visa. Pablo states in Spanish that he would like to see more integration of cultures in the area. However, when he says integration, he clarifies that he means an integration without sacrifice, in which people bring all of who they are into connection with one another, where each is valued in their wholeness and represented fully in local society. Me gustaría tal vez un poco más de integración. Integración no, no quiere necesariamente decir eh, sacar un poco de agua para poner un, un poco de otra cosa, ¿no? Sacar un poco de una cosa para poner... Porque no hay un 100%, ¿no? Puede haber un 200%, puede haber identidades múltiples, ¿no? Me gustaría que el, 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 la, la persona, el latino de aquí... Uh, también se eh, comience a adquirir redes de comunicación aquí y sea más visible, ¿no? Porque no puede uno integrarse si no se ve, si no se oye, ¿no? Si no, si no está presente en las representaciones, digamos, ¿no? ¿no? No se va a integrar. Sería una integración, digamos, vertical, ¿no? Una, una renuncia, sobre todo. Entonces... Proyectos como este, donde personas de aquí pueden escuchar su voz, pueden, pueden mostrar a otros quiénes son, pueden participar y, y compartir su arte, lo que tengan ¿no? con el resto, y gente de otras comunidades puedan verlo también, yo creo que es crucial. Eso me gustaría más. Mientras 
la gente se vea, se escuche más en las representaciones, eh, la gente va a integrarse más. ¿no? Ese tipo de integración me interesa. No me interesaría eh, simplemente que la comunidad latina se vuelva unilingüe, anglófona, por ejemplo, ¿no? y, y renuncie a algunas otras cosas ¿no? simplemente por integrarse. Me gustaría que evalúe también guardar lo, lo que considere, sea que yo considere bueno o malo, eso no importa, porque ¿no? es, es algo es personal. ¿no? Lo que ellos consideren y evalúen, rescatar ¿no? lo mejor de lo que las múltiples sociedades aquí o comunidades puedan, puedan tener. J.D. points out that one of the ways to foster more engagement with and representation of Latina residents is to create a central space, like a hub, where people can get information about available services and important community connections. J.D. explains that making resources readily available could make everyone's lives easier, happier, and more connected. I don't know if everybody knows about our services. For our adults, or that the services that like, we would help you find what you need to you, you're looking for, you know, um, as a family, if you were looking for uh, somewhere to go to the doctor, or somewhere because you wanted to start your process for uh, citizenship, we can help connect you with those people. I don't know if people know that. Um, there's not really a centralized place for the Latino, Latina, Latinx population to go and say, I need something. Um, it's a very informal network. And sometimes um, we may not know that someone needs something. Um, by and large, I think we, we, we hear about most of it, um, but it may be delayed because it has to go through those channels. Um, I would like to see it not have to go through so many channels before someone gets help. I would love to see us get some way where you, you brought up the integration spot or that spot where I could go if, if that was me and be like, hey, I need some help or how do I get my kids enrolled in school or, or all these things. Well, I think that hub, a place to go to when I'm new, but also a place to go that after I've been here a while, um, to receive services for my children, for myself, um, to know that there's people that care and that love and that want to help, um, and an efficient way to be able to connect all those people together. Um, to those that have students and those that don't have students. Um, in the school setting, you know, just building more capacity of the regular ed teacher to be okay with a new student from XYZ country. And like, yes, I've done this before and this is how we're going to do this. Um, and a less stress level and a more of like, okay, good, here we go. Um, so those things, I, I think, um, to continue to grow uh, are the resources that we can provide, um, whether it be adults or children and the resources that we can connect them to. We need to find some funding sources as well. Um, I think that that would be important um, for this work. 
So those would be the things. That, you know, I may not be a super big dreamer, um, but I those things uh, have a lot of steps to them, um, from where we are right now to there. Edwin, Pablo, and JD each talk about the work that is yet to be done to move toward these goals of an inclusive Southern Ohio community that respects, celebrates, and connects multiple races, nationalities, and cultures. Yo creo que en la comunidad latina hay todavía un trabajo por hacer de de, de más comprensión, ¿no? Y que pasa entre muchos grupos, ¿no? No sé, inclusive en 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 Portsmouth, la misma comunidad afroamericana tiene todavía por que, que conocerse más con el resto, con, con la comunidad, este, digamos, que no es afroamericana y es un trabajo de los dos lados, ¿no? O sea, el trabajo es de todos. There's a population that exists, and they're right here, and um, and for those students to feel okay about their heritage and that it's all right. It's all right, I speak Spanish. And really, it's a really neat thing that you have two languages and not to lose that language, you know, um, because I think sometimes that can be what they want to do. So they fit in with everybody else is to not speak Spanish because then I'm different. Can we highlight families and diversity at a point where it makes it like a pretty neat thing that you have two languages and that you share that with other people and um, and that that even though I think they feel comfortable here are they heard and do they feel like they belong and I think those events help that um, of shedding light on um, all the great things about them so how do we do that as well? I think that would be really neat. We are here and, and we can we can do things just as just as good as anybody else, right? Um, and um, and if if given the opportunity, um, we can shine just as much as anybody else. I really do believe that um, that I'm a very firm believer in um, like not just talking about change or um you know or talking about being positive but actually like living it and mm -hmm. um and like showing people um that you know anything can can be can be done with with hard work and, and dedication in this segment we heard our narrators talk about the many ways that latina life in southern ohio could be enriched by additional services representation and a holistic as well as contextualized view of Latina life. Thank you for listening to the first three episodes of Las Culturas del Sur de Ohio. Going forward, we're excited to share additional episodes and stories with you through this podcast. We also welcome your input. Do you have a personal, historical, or community story you'd like to share? Are you part of an organization or project collaborating with Latina residents in the Southern Ohio region? Do you have ideas about how to initiate change in your own life and community? Reach out to us via email at southernohiofolklife at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at southernohiofolklife to get involved. Las Culturas del Sur de Ohio draws on an open access digital archive of oral histories conducted by Southern Ohio Folklife and housed at the Center for Public History at Shawnee State University. Our project asks... 
What are the histories, stories, traditions, and dreams of Latine Southern Ohioans? Las Culturas del Sur de Ohio is made possible by the generous support of the Central Appalachia Living Traditions Project of Mid-Atlantic Arts and Ohio Humanities. Episodes are produced in partnership with media arts organization Los Herederos. A big thank you to our steering committee, Alejandra Ortega, Michael Barnhart, Sue Eluterio, J.D. Emnett, Lucia Espinosa, Andrew Fight, Elena Faulis, Franklin Harris IV, Dan Kaufman, Celine Lamb, Edwin Martell, Hector Raffet, and Pablo Salinas. Thank you also to Elena Faulis, Celine Lamb, Dan Kaufman, Ileana Perez, and Pablo Salinas for translation and transcription services. If you like what you hear, please consider donating to Southern Ohio Folklife to support our future work. Go to southernohiofolklife.org and click on the support button to learn more about how you can contribute.